This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. The Little Mermaid is making a splash on Disney+. Plus. It became one of the most viewed Disney movie premieres ever on the streaming service, which has only really existed for two years. But why worry about uh, context when sharing information like that? 16 million views in the first five days of streaming. You see, that is pretty notable. Before Amy Amanti stops by with a review, here's a clip from the trailer of The Little Mermaid. Stormy seas toss a sailing ship. Oh, hi, The wheel spins. The vessel crashes into rocks. Cargo bursts into flames. A man falls overboard as the burning ship founders. He sinks into the depths. Far below, a mermaid grabs him and pulls him upward. They breach the surface amid lightning, waves, and wreckage. Later, she lays him down on a beach. Rescuers approach. The mermaid slips back into the water and watches from afar. Disney 100. You broke the rules. You went to the above world. A man was drowning. I had to save him. This obsession with humans has to stop. I just want to know more about them. The mermaid swims up a long tunnel. Ariel, don't! Poor child. I can help you. You can't live in that world unless you become a human yourself. Is that even possible? (laughs) That's what I live for. The octopus woman reaches for Ariel. Entertainment critic Amy Amanti has a review of the live-action remake of The Little Mermaid. Hey, good morning, Amy. Good morning, Dave. Amy, before you talk about this movie, I would love to go back in time for a little bit of nostalgia. I wouldn't say The Little Mermaid was my favorite of my childhood Disney films. It is one of, uh, Under the Sea is one of my favorite songs of all time, though, in the Disney arsenal. How much of a fan were you of the original Little Mermaid? Yeah, I have to say it probably was one of my favorites of of the Disney movies that I've ever seen. So I probably had really high expectations of this one coming in was a big fan of the music and the story um yeah i was a big fan i still am a big fan in fact i watched both of these films back to back because i wanted to i wanted to have a review i watched the um the the newly released uh uh film first and then i revisited the uh, uh the original animated one literally like i took a pee break and then i and i hit play on the <laughs> on the animated yeah i was like oh i'll just revisit both of them so some of the reviews have suggested the live action remake takes some liberties with the storytelling which actually kind of crushes the spirit of the original movie how do you feel the two films compared well you know i actually thought that the storytelling was fairly closely aligned uh with the original animated film like i they even borrow some of the original lines from the animated film um there is uh i mean there's a reference to um underwater 
climate change, which I thought was kind of apropos. It's a very, very quick, short reference. Um, but I thought, I was like, oh, I was hoping they would go a little deeper in that as the mermaids are kind of cleaning up the ocean floor from a shipwreck debris, right? And I thought, oh, that's that's kind of apropos for where we are. Um, I think what I didn't like, and maybe they took a, a few liberties was, and I, I never like this, uh, is when they add original songs. And I never really, really like that. Disney does this a lot. Um, I see this a lot in anything. I mean, they uh, not 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 just Disney, but you know, when they did the uh, the movie version of Les Miserables, for example, they added in original songs, and it's like that's not necessary. But somehow they have to add in original songs, and I didn't I didn't like that. It it sort of took the yeah. the fun, <laughs> nostalgic, and magic away from me because it's like that doesn't fit. And they didn't include a song from the original. Uh, from the original that everybody loves, and it wasn't in the uh, uh, what, live action. What, what did they leave out? They left out the Les Poissons. Les Poissons. How I love Les Poissons. Okay. <laughs> I know. Okay, yeah. I mean, you know, that, that's... It's a little hard of, to do with live action, but... In general, that's one of the things I've noted with a few of the live action movies, that the music just hasn't been as good. Uh, that was definitely the case in the Lion King uh, live action yeah. remake a couple of years ago. Like, I, thought, I thought the music was terrible. Yeah. Same thing with the Aladdin remake a couple of years ago. I thought the music was yeah. really awful compared to what was just so bright and lovely and amazing yeah. in my youth although maybe I'm hearing that through nostalgic earmuffs. That, that's a possibility. What did you think of the live-action elements to the film? I 100% agree with you. And I think here's, here's this is my take on it, Dave. Right or wrong, this is my take on it, because I watched them back-to-back. Back. I think the acting is awful in this live-action movie. It's awful. <laughs> um, I think a part of this is because, you know, when you are viewing something through an animated lens... They make things larger than life, right? Like, the, you know, you have a crab with facial expressions for crying out loud, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and that is a part of it. And so they ask their voiceover artists to be larger than life. Now, when you have actual actors who are portraying a sea, a sea uh, mermaid or merman or, or uh, you know, a sea witch, those kinds of things, who I will say Melissa McCarthy was sort of the standout performance for me in this piece, um, and Melissa McCarthy played Ursula, right? The, Ursula uh, the, the, the evil, the evil octopus. Yeah. Um, when you when you ask actors to uh, you know embody these characters, they are uh, they are they are performing like uh, people actors do, not like animated characters do. Which are, they're asked to be small. They're asked, you know, it's the difference between stage acting and TV acting and movie acting, which is they're asked to, because the camera picks up every little feature of the face. So you're asked to be not overly animated. You're asked to be kind of small. Um, and so I think that they should have gone big. They should have gone really, really big and really, really animated. And so that, and you can even hear it in the, in Titan's voice. Like when he, when he speaks in the clip, it's like, it just feels so, I mean, we're talking about creatures from under the water here and it feels so you shouldn't have gone up to the surface. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just feels so blasé. Don't and don't ground <sighs> my fantasy movie in reality, right? please. It, that's exactly what it feels like. And so the songs feel like that too. Um, and so I wanted sort of that Broadway, you know, spectacle 
spectacle of it and it just wasn't there for me um where it is there because when you have the animated version you have the visual spectacle and even if you're not seeing the visual spectacle you get that ear candy piece of the visual spectacle yeah. which we were missing here what, what about what about some of the redeeming qualities uh of the film because i think so far uh, you and i have landed on oh boy these disney remakes aren't going well and maybe this is a continuity of that what about some redeeming qualities I mean, the redeeming qualities for me is that they're trying to do something different in terms of bringing this kind of work to a modern day audience. I mean, they've they've casted the Little Mermaid. This was a big controversy too. And when you think about it, you know, the, the Little Mermaid is 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 casted with a a black actor actress, right? And so that's really great in terms of seeing representation on our stages. I would say, you know, if we're skipping ahead to the audio description part, I wasn't told that. So you know, you, you're you're invited into this world of of uh, representation, and I was left out of that as a blind right. viewer. Um, so that, you know, really wasn't so great. But you do, with a live action piece, have the opportunity to be able to um, have an enriching under the water experience. But then on the flip side of that, Dave, there's only so much that you can do with uh, real sea creatures that um, doesn't look hokey. Mm. Whereas with animation, uh, you can do stuff that looks magical, right? Yeah. <laughs> As opposed yeah. to, you know, having real sea stars uh, and trying to make them do musical numbers that, <laughs> anyway. So, I mean, they really tried to, to do some stuff here that I think was unique. But um, I, for me, I would say that, that most of that missed yeah, I, I would suggest in general here, Amy, that this film has not been particularly well received. I know Disney right now is spinning this as, oh, 16 million viewers on our streaming service yeah. in the first five days. This is so great. Except that it was largely a box office failure following a string of box office failures when it was released in theaters. So I think to sort of imply like, oh, a lot of people are pressing play on our streaming service for a heavily advertised piece of intellectual property. Like, it's like like that is total corporate spin in the way that's being framed about a movie that I don't know I'm kind of getting the impression that you're not recommending people press play on. Well, I think if you're going to watch something, you should just go back and hit play on the original version. The audio description even for the original version is way better. Uh and we're talking about audio you know like it's way better. It's just way 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 better um for many reasons, but it just like uh, I just was so surprised that I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but a lot of this just feels very, uh, very aligned with capitalism, right? Like we take something and we remake it for the sake of remaking it. And we don't think about the who, the why, the, you know, why we're doing yeah. this. Yeah. We just do it because it was really popular at one time. And, you know, it's been 30 years since we've done it. And so people liked it 30 years ago. Let's, you know, just because we have the ability to do it doesn't mean we should do it. And maybe we need to focus on new original stories, but it's just too easy to remake something. Yeah. Um, that was popular at one time and, and hope that it'll be popular again. And they have yet to do a really good job on one of these remakes. The Beauty and the Beast yeah. was maybe okay. Aladdin was maybe okay. The Lion King was really bad. Uh, what was the one they dropped during the pandemic that also just completely flopped? I'm, I'm forgetting the name. It was one of the smaller films from the, from the 1990s. And now this one as well. Like, it's just a string right now of Disney trying to go back to the well with this over and over and over yeah. again. And it's not working. Like, like, like maybe like put your resources elsewhere guys yeah and i i always it's so interesting for me because i always have the best of hopes i always think oh that could be really interesting and then you know you watch it and you go oh shoot i'm so disappointed yeah yeah um so you know i i watched this movie it was two hours of like 
Oh, that's disappointing. Oh, I missed that song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this original uh, thing sucks. Why did they do that? And then I was like, I'm going to watch the original one. And all I just had a smile pasted on my face. My cheeks hurt. And I was like, why yeah. did I even watch that other one? Like, <laughs> yeah. this, was, this was like 65 minutes of pure joy. <laughs> I paid I paid hard-earned Canadian currency to go see uh, The Lion King in uh, 2019. And when Beyonce and, uh, and uh, uh, Donald Glover were singing Can You Feel the Love Tonight? And it like just was off key and didn't work. Oh. I'm like, what are we doing here? Beyonce and Donald Glover are so talented. How do you mess this up? But How they, do you mess this up? How, yeah. how do you mess this up? Amy, how do they mess this up? Amy, have a great day. You yeah. never mess this up. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Don't waste your hard-earned dollars on this one. But, or your hard-earned time hitting just stream on play on the service you've already paid for. That's sure. entertainment critic Amy Amanti with a review of the live-action remake of The Little Mermaid. Again, you can find that film on Disney+. Plus. In a moment, John Lepke stops by for the entertainment report. But first, Fortnite players, video gamers are getting some money back. Mike Dubusky has the story in Tech Trends. The Federal Trade Commission is beginning the process of notifying more than 37 million people who may be entitled to compensation as part of a legal settlement with Epic Games, the maker of Fortnite. FTC Chair Lena Khan says that company tricked Fortnite players into unintended in-game purchases. Even when a user was just looking to wake the game back up after it had gone into sleep mode, they could be charged with all sorts of fees that they didn't intend to make. And FTC Staff attorney James Doty says the company also made it difficult to get refunded. Originally, uh, the refund button was placed in a location where users were likely to find it. And when too many people saw the button and asked for refunds, the company moved it so people would not get their money back. Epic says it has since implemented additional safeguards. With Tech Trends, I'm Mike Dubusky, ABC News. Thank you very much, Mike, from the world of technology over to the world of entertainment. John Lepke, there is uh, some at least positive news brewing here when it comes to the Hollywood writers strike there is so over the weekend and it was fairly late breaking over the weekend uh, the WGA has come to a tentative agreement this hasn't been uh, ratified as the wording would be but it looks like we are likely to see writers back in rooms very very soon John, I'm I'm curious what you think of the prospects are here, maybe some lessons that can be learned. It's a little bit strange because actors are still on strike, so it's not as if the wheels of Hollywood are going to be right back into motion. But what solidarity lessons do you think might come to the forefront here from the writers that really uh, buckled down hard here, like hardcore solidarity for about five months? I think what's really interesting is the solidarity across creative sectors. We didn't see the level of uh, the term would be scabbing that we often see in other sectors or, you know, people we had some, you know, Drew Barrymore TV show stuff, um, but we didn't have nearly as much. And I think it's because the WGA and very shortly after the actors, SAG-ACTRA also um, uh, provided that solidarity on the front line and we're very visible about it in a way that perhaps as you were talking about earlier in the show um automakers are are less so 
Mm. Yeah, I, I do think you mentioned the Drew Barrymore example where she said, hey, I'm going to bring my talk show back and was eventually talked out of it. Same thing with Bill Maher a couple of weeks ago. He wanted to bring his talk show back and basically his colleagues in the industry said, hey, man, this, this is bigger than you. Like, I know you want to sound off or you don't necessarily want to stay in solidarity with the union here. But frankly, there, there's going to be consequences if you do. It was the same thing with Dancing with the Stars last week. You've seen solidarity, solidarity, solidarity across the board. And it's been uh, it's been pretty darn impressive. Okay, John. Let's go to a little bit of fun in the world of entertainment and where sports and entertainment intersects. It has been reported that Usher is confirmed as the Super Bowl's halftime performer in February of 2024. John, I'm, I can kind of dig it. I can kind of dig it, but I'm not all the way sure Usher is the right choice for the halftime show. Yeah, I, you know, the time, this is very unhelpful for listeners, but the time that I get excited about the halftime show is about a week before. I know they announce it now, but honestly, it takes until the last week of January before I'm like, oh, who's doing the show and should I get excited? Um, I'm, I'm the same with the Grey Cup and the same with all of these big sporting events that that try to pump up their uh their halftime performance. And, but it's going to be really interesting to see how Usher lives up to previous years. And because the theme of the show today is labor today in this first hour, it seems, you know, oftentimes, uh, and I believe this is still true, the Super Bowl performers aren't necessarily paid they are to not, perform. They are not. It's the other way around. They pay for the right to perform. Which feels, um, uh, which feels odd, <laughs> quite frankly, um, given what you know, these stars can command and, and I know they're using it as an avenue to promote their latest project or to renew their fame or um, as the show a few years ago was really, you know, how many stars can we throw at this stage? Mm -hmm. um, and I know these performers don't need the money per se at this point, but um, it is interesting from a labor perspective to see that, that, that they don't get paid even on that biggest stage where you know Super Bowl ad slots are being you know multiple multiple millions yeah I I just think the pick is a little uninspired Usher is probably not where he was about 15 or 20 years ago in terms of his place like in the music industry I also think if you really get down to his biggest hits the only real like high energy slapper that he has is yeah although if it's an opportunity to get ludicrous on stage during the Super Bowl halftime show <laughs> I'm very excited about that but I, I just don't see it as the most like energized or exciting choice like Rihanna still has a real important place in modern culture uh the year before with like eminem and dr dre and snoop dogg and 50 cent and and uh and kendrick lamar like that is really relevant i just don't know how relevant usher is like it almost feels closer to the maroon 5 selection from 2019 and away from some mm. of the progress that has been made in the last couple of years since uh jay-z took over the halftime show production I mean, I certainly feel that I'm getting older when I see the announcement of Usher and think, oh, they're they're looking to um, <laughs> identify with an older demographic, uh, even though the <laughs> older demographic is like 30 up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's a meme that goes around that says there are stages of life that go, wow, this radio station is playing my favorite song. Wow, this bar is playing my favorite song. Wow, this grocery store is playing my favorite song. Uh, John, thank you for this. You've done a great job filling in on entertainment today. No time for Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I might save that for Brock Richardson in the next hour. Yeah.
That's okay. He can he can take that and and uh, go with it. That is John Lepke filling in for Amanda Shikarchi at the AMI Entertainment Desk. Coming up after the break, I mentioned Brock Richardson. Lots of uh, football to round up from yesterday, including Taylor Swift attending the Kansas City Chiefs game, sitting next to tight end Travis Kelsey's mom as rumors of them dating. Not Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's mom, but rumors of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey dating continue to go to the forefront. Oh boy, will Brock and I dabble into the world of entertainment gossip? Will it be earnest football chat? There's only one way to find out. Stay right there. Now with Dave Brown, we'll be right back. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.